Hello, dear listeners. You are on the podcast Research Lives and Cultures. I'm Sandrine Soub, and I'm sharing with you a series of very short interviews with academics. These interviews were recorded a few years ago, so people will have progressed in their career. Many of them will maybe have been research fellows or just lectures when we interviewed them. And since these interviews took place, maybe they've already been promoted to being professors. Maybe they've changed institution. Maybe they have switched career. Who knows? Just giving you a little glimpse of the career at a point in time of these individuals who are sharing some wisdom, some insights, some key learnings that they've had during their research career. I hope that you enjoy these short interviews that were done, as I've said, several years ago. Still lots of insight to gain, lots of uh, interesting ideas that you may acquire from listening to these interviews. I hope you enjoy them. I'm Nicola Nado. I'm a research fellow in the University of Sheffield in the Department of Animal and Plant Sciences, um, and I'm studying uh, butterflies and their wing colours and patterns and the evolution of those and their genetic basis. I was always interested in animals and in the natural world, but it wasn't obvious before I went to university that research was a career that I could get into. But when I went to Newcastle to study zoology, um, I started to do quite well because it was a subject I was really fascinated by. And at that point, my lecturers started to encourage me and, and it became more possible that, that doing a PhD was, was something, was a possibility and, and a career in, in research was maybe a possibility. When I came to the end of my degree and I decided I wanted to do a PhD, I really wasn't sure what exactly I wanted to do a PhD in. Uh, but I applied for various PhDs that were out there um, and was given an interview for this one in Cambridge that was about uh, genetics. But genetics wasn't something that I'd I was particularly sure I was that interested in. So when I went along to the interview, I think I asked a few kind of key questions in particular, things like, why is this project interesting? Um, which which possibly might have sounded a, a bit cheeky, but I think the, the supervisor actually kind of quite appreciated that I was, you know, asking these questions about what is the bigger picture? How does this project actually fit into to our understanding of life and that sort of thing? So um, I think asking those questions was actually one of the things that that got me the the PhD position. And the whole pre PhD process I really enjoyed. I found um, it was a really supportive uh, department that I was in. Also, my PhD was my PhD supervisor was, um, I found supportive. Um, he was just starting up a group, which meant that he had quite a lot of time to give to his students and to basically teach me genetics almost from scratch <laughs> in some ways. So for me, I found the whole PhD process very rewarding. Towards the end of my PhD, I started applying for postdocs and pretty much applying for any, anything that I saw advertised that I thought looked interesting. And I got a few interviews, but I wasn't really sure if those were what I wanted to do. So my PhD had been very lab-based and I really wanted something where I could get out into the field and actually see what animals were doing in the wild. So those were the sorts of things I was applying for, things that kind of combined those two aspects. But then slightly later into my PhD, uh, my PhD supervisor found some extra money to employ me as a postdoc for, for another year um, beyond the end of my PhD. So that then gave me some extra time to think about more specifically what I wanted to do. 
and to identify particular people's particular PIs um, that I thought I would like to work with that were doing research in the kind of areas that I would be interested in working in. Um, so at that point, I became more strategic and focused and started sending letters to specific people um, who weren't necessarily at that point advertising jobs, but who I thought I might want to work with. And actually, it was one of those people that I en then ended up getting um, a postdoc position with. But there were sort of knockbacks along the way, and it was quite a, a rocky road from identifying him as the person I wanted to work with to then him actually ending up getting some grant money and employing me as a postdoc. But I think it, it, at the end of it, it, it paid off that I kind of stuck with it and, and kept bombarding him with letters. And, and it meant that when he actually had some money, he kind of had me in mind already um, as someone that, that wanted to work with him. <laughs> I found the transition from being a PhD student to being a postdoc harder than I'd anticipated. Um, so I think as a PhD student, no one really expects you to know anything because um, you're just a PhD student. But as a postdoc, there's a lot more expectation, I think both from the PI, but also partly from the postdoc. So I guess I had more expectation. Um, and I think also because I'd been writing to this PI for a long time. So I sort of built up this expectation that I was going to be great. So then I kind of came into the lab and I realised all the things I didn't know. Um, and at that point, there was a little, I, ha I had a little bit of a crisis of, is this really what I want to do? Am I really good enough to be a researcher? Probably there was, I was building up more expectation than he really had. Um, and also I think in a general terms what i looking back at it what i should have done is been more open and more willing to to ask questions and to admit what i didn't know um and i think ultimately that's kind of what happened in the end i built up relationships with the other more senior postdocs in the lab who knew what they were doing had more experience and could help me with the things that i didn't know so ultimately i, I gained the skills that i was lacking when i finished my phd during my postdoc i had a side project that started off just an idea that I really wanted to try and find genes involved in producing structural colour. But it didn't particularly go anywhere during during my postdoc, um, although I did a little bit of work on it on the side. Um, and then it was sort of an obvious thing to develop into a fellowship application. So sort of between about the fourth and fifth year of my postdoc, I started applying for fellowships and start with those weren't getting anywhere. Um, I think essentially because I didn't have enough publications. Um, but then around about that time, I started to get some publications and I got a couple of fairly high profile first author publications and that really made the difference. So even though the project was essentially the same, I was essentially the same. There were just a couple more publications on my CV. Suddenly I was getting a load of interviews um, for fellowships and for lectureships as well, because at the same time I also started applying for, for lectureships. So I went to several interviews. I didn't get most of them. Um, but I kept applying and eventually um, I got offered a, a NERC independent research fellowship to come to Sheffield um, and study structural colour in butterflies. I arrived in Sheffield uh, and it was again a major transition. So I'd gone from being in a big, uh, busy lab with lots of other people that we could share ideas with and um, develop what we were working on to essentially just being on my own in an office. It was difficult just because it was quite lonely but I think I got through that initial stages by forming key collaborations and, and that way I, I got other people I could talk to about the project and bounce ideas off of and that sort of thing. Moving on from there, I started to build my own group um, and got a PhD student. Um, that then So there are challenges at every stage, um, going from being an undergraduate to being a PhD student, from being a PhD student to being a postdoc, and then from being a postdoc to being independent. 
at every stage, um, certainly I felt quite insecure, and I think lots of people do, um, that they don't know what they're doing and they don't necessarily know if this is the right place for them. Um, and I think the best way to get over that is to be open and to ask other people for help um, and to tell other people what you know and what you don't know. And that's probably not the necessarily advice that I've taken myself at every stage. But looking back on it now, I would say the best thing for anyone in a similar situation to do is to find an environment that does support you um, and to find people who um, you can ask questions and who will support you through that transition. Mm -hmm.